to the Granary Church podcast. We are happy you're here. For more information on the Granary Church, head to granary.org.au or follow our socials at the Granary Church. So it's the third day and uh, it's the day that Jesus promised he'd rise again from the dead. And some of the women had been to the tomb and they'd seen the empty tomb and uh, one of them, Mary Magdalene, claimed that she'd actually spoken with Jesus, actually had words and a conversation with him. And despite the fact that the couple of disciples checked it out and found out that the empty tomb was true, they still didn't believe. They still didn't believe that Jesus had risen from the dead. They, they just couldn't make that step and put their trust in that fact. They had not yet seen him in person. And so they were still grieving. They were still shattered. All their hopes were gone. Everything was dashed. They might have even been a little bit disillusioned. And two of them, not, not the, the inner 12 or now the inner 11, because Judas is now no longer with them, but two of them actually decided to do a journey from Jerusalem to a place called Emmaus. It's, a, it's an 11k journey. And they're also downtrodden, they're, or they're down, they're hurting, they're down, they're depressed and probably disillusioned as well. And they're, they're making this journey to Emmaus and talking about what had happened in Jerusalem in the previous two or three days. And on the, as they're journeying along, a person came and joined them. And if you've been in church world for a while, you know exactly who I'm talking about here. But a person came and joined them. That's not uh, an unusual thing because there's safety in numbers when you're traveling in treacherous parts. And so this person came along. But the person, of course, is Jesus. And they didn't know him. They didn't recognize him. I don't, I don't know why they didn't recognize him. Scripture doesn't really tell us. But some people think, well, maybe, you know, they were just so caught up in grief, which is probably true that, you know, grief does strange things to people. And, and maybe they didn't see him. Some people believe that maybe it's like the, the risen uh, body of Jesus was so different they didn't recognize him because the last time they saw him, he didn't look that good. But I tend to lean into the idea that I, I just think God didn't let them understand and see who Jesus was. I think there was a bit of the journey that Jesus wanted to do with them as he walked along. And so he started to engage them in a conversation. I want to just pick up that conversation at this point. This is what Jesus said. He said, when, uh, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things, Jesus said. Sounds strange, doesn't it? But that's what he said. I think he wanted to open them up. He said, the things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles. And he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death. And they crucified him. And then they're about to, they said a few things after that, but they're about to make a statement that basically, basically positions where they are in their faith journey and maybe positions you where you are in your faith journey today. It's something that if you read the story, I've done it before and I've skipped over it in my head. But when you stop and you lean into this particular thing they're about to say has the potential to, to change you and to shape you. 
The problem is, and I think the challenge is, that we have these preconceived ideas about who Jesus was. And these two people were probably exactly the same. So this is what they said. They said, we had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. We had hoped that he was the Messiah. That was their expectation. Now, hope is not a concept or an idea that you find in the narrative of the Christmas story. That might sound strange because we've got the thrill of hope. This is the, the Advent series. But I found it interesting that hope is not a concept or an idea that you'll find in the, in the Matthew or the Luke. There's only two stories um, in the whole New Testament. They don't talk about hope. They don't actually mention Jesus as a hope of the world. Hope doesn't actually appear until after the resurrection. There's some mentions of it through, but it's not a hope that is connected with the person and the baby, Jesus, if you want to put it that way. Matthew talks a little bit about the hope um, as he's quoting from Isaiah in Matthew 12, and he's actually quoting a prophecy that Isaiah said 750 years-ish ago, and he was talking about how the Gentiles would put their hope in Jesus. But apart from that, hope doesn't appear to after the resurrection, and then you'd hear about the hope, the hope, the hope, the hope. So what we see, we talk about a thrill of hope and we relate it to Christmas is a retrospective look on the fact that something that we know is that the hope of Jesus is true and it started there with the birth. And what we tend to do is we tend to unhitch the birth of Christ with the death and resurrection of Christ. And you can't do that because that's the whole purpose to why Jesus came for you and for me. So let me in a couple of minutes just unpack the idea of hope, the idea of hope that we can have. The first type of hope is the thing called wishful thinking. All right, now I'm going to give you three, but only one you can really build your life on, and you know already you can't build a life on wishful thinking. Wishful thinking is basically, I really hope that England wins the World Cup. Ouch. <laughs> I'm with him. Don't worry. Uh, I really hope that traffic light stays green because I'm running late for church. Uh, I really hope they get a parking space at Charlestown Square when the Christmas rush. I really hope, for us, for my wife and I in particular, I really hope we get some fine weather this Christmas because the last three years, every holiday, weekend and week that we've had without exception, it's teamed rain, right? Putting up a tent ankle deep in, all right? So we're just hoping. Now, that's wishful thinking. That's optimism. And why would you not want to be optimistic? I mean, <laughs> pessimism's not great, is it? I mean, who wakes up in the morning going, I hope I have a terrible day today? Who says that? Says nobody. All right, because we have this, this inbuilt kind of desire that everything's going to be good and everything's going to be better. We want that for ourselves, but you can't base your life on it because it's wishful thinking. You can't plan to have a good day. You can't plan for these things. You can't orchestrate them at all. So that's the first kind of hope. Good to have, nothing wrong with it, but you can't build a life on it. The second type is expectant hope. That's why we talk about ladies who are expecting there's a hope for the future with a, with a child to come. It's the kind of hope that when you, when you plant a seed in the ground, a tomato seed in the ground, and you water it and you nurture it, and then when it grows, you stake it and do everything you need, the hope is that you'll get some fruits some tomatoes from it. It's expectant hope, and it's a reasonable hope to have because 
it, within the seed, within the seed, there's a potential of some fruit. And that's a reasonable hope to have. I think it's the kind of hope that these two people had on the journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus. It's that kind of expectant hope. And why would you not have that hope in Jesus? I mean, extraordinary, never before seen miracles, incredible teaching like they'd never heard. And they thought this guy's the Messiah. This is the one that has come into the world to take over and to take over the Romans and usher Israel into a new season. And their expectations were dashed. Because what happens sometimes with expectant hope is that we put our own expectations around. And that's what these people did. They thought, yes, Jesus is the Messiah, and that was correct, but it wasn't the kind of Messiah that Jesus knew he was to be. So you can't build your life on expectant hope because sometimes our own expectations take over and when they aren't fulfilled, you get disappointment, grief, disillusionment and all those sorts of things that can put us down and all of a sudden we we don't tend to trust. But the third hope is the one that we can put and build our life on and that's a certain hope, a certain hope. Now... (laughs) Certain hope sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? You can't, you can't really put hope, like hope and certain hope together. But we can, as followers of Jesus and, and those who might be looking for a basis to build their life on, you can do that because our certain hope is based on the person of Jesus who died and was buried and rose again from the dead. Jesus made some extraordinary promises, audacious promises, and then he was able to fulfil them. One pastor said, he said, Anyone who can predict their own death and resurrection and then pull it off, I'm going with him. Yeah? Andy Stanley said that. And that's why we can have a certain hope. And for some of you, you might be stuck today in that place of expectant hope and you need to make that transaction where you move across to a certain hope. And that's what had to happen for these two people in their journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And it did happen. Fast forward to when they were close to the town, when they were uh, travelling with Jesus, getting close to the town. Jesus was sort of about to move on. They said, why don't you stay the night? We'll have dinner and talk and chat. And, and they talked Jesus into doing that, not that Jesus needed to be talked into it. And as they sat down over a meal, Jesus played the host, as he'd done so many times, and he broke bread. And when he broke bread, their eyes were open and all of a sudden it was like, oh, like this, this, this is the Messiah. This is a, he's risen from the dead and he disappeared. He just went. And they were so excited. Within that hour, they got up and they went back to Jerusalem, 11 Ks back to Jerusalem to share that with Peter, to find out that they too had had that resurrection experience with Jesus. And then while they're talking, Jesus turns up again. And so the basis of our certain hope is on a resurrected Christ and we can't unhitch that from Christmas as we are sometimes tempted to do. So today, as we're talking about the thrill of hope, let's not forget that the thrill of hope, yes, it was birthed with a baby in a manger, but it was realised with a man on a cross. And we need to remember Christmas in that particular way. Now, my hope for you, it's an expectant hope, is that you'll be able to marry those two together and that you'll be able to rejoice at this Christmas time because your hope is real and it's certain and it's solid and it's an anchor for your soul that 
causes you not to drift and move and keeps you centred on the truth that is Jesus Christ. I want to invite the worship team to come up and also the prayer team because today maybe I've unearthed, just, just thinking about that, maybe God has unearthed something within you. Maybe there's a hope that you have for this Christmas. Maybe it's in family. Maybe it's in, in uh, the Christmas Day celebrations. Whatever that hope might be, it's unearthed something for you. And maybe you want some prayer for something uh, in relationship to that kind of hope. And maybe today, there might be someone here this morning who goes, yeah, I want a certain hope. I know I can't build a foundation on optimism. I can't build a foundation on expectant hope, but I want to experience that certain hope that I can only get in Jesus. We're going to worship as you do that. Those people, you might want to come forward. Your prayer team would like to come forward as we stand and we'll just worship together. listening to our Sunday podcast. If you enjoyed it, either subscribe or follow on the podcast app you use to keep up to date on when our next Sunday podcast gets released. May you have a safe and blessed week.